0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of Making It, a podcast about making stuff with your bare hands. I'm Bob Claggett here with Jimmy Duresta and David Pacuto. How are you guys doing? Very good. good Very good. good. What's up? Good. Um, happy to say that this episode is sponsored by Inventables. I want to thank them for sponsoring this. And in case you don't know about Inventables, they're an awesome site, awesome company, but they have an awesome site where you can buy like basically any material that you're looking for. They have a crazy variety of stuff. Uh, woods and plastics but also like soft metals they have aluminum they have all these weird conductive materials like fabric and just all sorts of crazy stuff that you can use to make your projects even cooler of course they also make the X-Carve which is a CNC machine a 3D carving machine they like to call it. Um, Inventables is an awesome company we've all worked with them separately and we're really really happy to have them on board sponsoring the show so if you're not familiar with them go to inventables.com check them out and uh, yeah thanks to inventables good people so, good for, peoples yeah what's everybody working on david
1: speaking of inventables minutes ago literally just minutes ago i put out a video on making an <gasps> end grain cutting board and oh, nice. i'm using the inventables x carve to carve out the inlay and then i fill that with colored epoxy uh, epoxy and came out came out pretty good i think i we talked about it before where uh, I tried this a couple weeks ago, and the epoxy did not cure because it didn't. Right. It didn't mix well with the food coloring, and so uh, this time around they put a little bit more hardener in the mix, and then used a heat gun, and that seemed to work fine. So oh, very good. I, so
0: there, there was no way to salvage the the first one; it just never hardened. It never hardened after oh, wow. two and a
1: half weeks. It just. It was did you tattered. sweep it out? Yeah. Yeah. Just
2: swept. Swept it out.
1: Yeah. So, um. I kind of have a beef with end grain cutting boards, though. As uh, like you only see woodworkers with end grain cutting boards, right? Like I watch or I, I, I'm on all these different chef sites, like looking at things and
2: they're all using long grain cutting boards. The only people end grain cutting boards are, are illegal in, uh, you know, food prep. They're illegal because they prep. hold. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I should say illegal as if it's like we're talking about cocaine it's um <laughs> it's not used anymore because it's you know it's a health violation as far as i know i remember i was walking by a restaurant and they would put out a, a an end grain cutting block like an end grain cutting block and they're like yeah we, we can't use this anymore the health inspector won't pass it because and th- i'm talking like 20 years ago i learned this <clears throat> the, you know bits of of food particles they stuck in the end grain so that's why like a big restaurant won't use it anymore huh i did not know Cause that F-Y-F. yeah,
1: yeah. cuz i'm like because it, it just appeared to me like nobody cares about end grain cutting boards except woodworkers. But Ain't if that you, the truth, man. And, and 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 Bob, maybe you can speak to this as well. But I put out long grain cutting boards videos in the past, and you get all these comments saying, "Oh, you you know you're going to ruin your knives and blah 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 and whatever, right?" So, yeah, but but it's I made metal, one. It's metal on wood. It's I mean, metal come on, on, right? But I made an end grain cutting board. Um, whether it's better for your knives or not, it looks cool because it's kind of like the, the randomized repeating pattern, if that makes sense. So,
2: you know what's bad? Bad for your knives. What's bad for your knives? Using them. Yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> uh, speaking of knives, what have you been working on, Jimmy?
2: Uh, I put out my knife in <laughs> here nice. this week to celebrate my uh, 200,000 subscribers. Thank you. And by the way, everybody, Bob Claggett beat me to that deadline. So, Bob, congratulations. <laughs> I don't know where well. he's buying his subs from. <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> now, Bob, you're you're amazing. How fast you're growing! Congratulations. And uh, so I did my uh, my knife video, and that was fun. We were just talking about how I kind of fumbled my way through it, and I just literally chopped it up. Millions of little ums and ahs I cut out of it. But uh, I'm happy with the way it came out, and I try to get through that collection as fast as possible because that video could have been an hour long and um, I want to officially apologize for putting out a video of me mowing my lawn. I want to just say I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> never
0: apologize. will never do it again. Never
2: apologize. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: You know the funny thing I, today? I, I, just I, I posted a thing asking, like I was building something in my shop, and I said, this is pretty small. I don't know if it's really worth making a video about, and two or three of the comments were, Duressa just put out a video of himself mowing the lawn. So, yes, you should put out a video.
1: <laughs> you know, I got to mow the lawn after this podcast. Maybe I should make a response video to that. Hey,
2: you Do know it. what? Blame my, blame my two YouTube heroes, uh, <laughs> Matthias and Casey, because Casey always goes to his house in Connecticut and mows his lawn and videotapes it. And, uh, and Matthias, I, I basically mirrored exactly what he did. You know, he's like walking through the grass and then cutting it out. Um, I just wanted to experiment with time-lapse and, I, and I, I'm really getting attracted to the idea of doing time-lapse my, my, you know, with my big expansive country view. And I just wanted something interesting to happen in the time-lapse. So I mowed the lawn and I, watched, I sat on the video for a couple of days and I was like, you know what, let me just kind of throw it out there because it wasn't like a full official release in quotes you know, on a Sunday, which is where I try to put out my good stuff. I just threw it out there in the middle of the week and I, I got really mixed reviews. It's just funny how... You know, you, you, you get stuck in a rut. or well, you know, I put rut uh, as a metaphor for, you know, your style and people get mad when you go outside the lines. It's, it's crazy. Yeah,
0: it happens. But I have to say, I actually, when I saw the title for it, I was like, ha he's messing with people. But then when I actually <laughs> I really enjoyed watching it, you know, because <laughs> I don't know, it was really pretty. And that, that area up there is beautiful. So I don't Thank know, you. it was it's nice so- to watch personally. I mean, Thank you. Thank you. you yeah. Know.
2: I mean, you know, I kind of haven't revealed any of that, but only because I shoot most of my videos in New York and I was like, God, this is like getting outside the shop for a minute. And I do have videos coming up where I'll be working outside up there. I'm going to be working on the, uh, the bed of this truck concept. That's why you notice I bought that, that vintage truck, which I'll pick up this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to turn that into a, a set of shelves, uh, for one of my brands. And so I'll be doing that outside. And, uh, so it, it was fun. It was fun to make the video. It's not monetized because I used the Chet Baker song. So I just, I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully they don't shut the song off, but this, the, uh, the video itself is not monetized because uh, hopefully they'll just put like a little, you know, iTunes link to the song. I don't know how that happens. Do you what, guys have any insight? On-
1: yeah. What they'll probably do is they'll put AdSense ads on there, but then that revenue goes to the owner of the, or who owns the rights to the music. Oh, I think Columbia Records, maybe.
2: Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. It's just the Chet Baker song that I loved. Yeah, it just seemed to go. It seemed to fit with the. Uh, and I actually cut it to the actual length of the song, so it's three minutes exactly. Yeah. So
1: I had a mm. I had a video, and I used a portion of a Ghetto Boys Ghetto Boys song in there, and mm-hmm. I got a letter saying you can't do that. So the money from this video is going to whoever the record label was or whatever. So
2: oh, cool. Yeah. Like I said, I just, I tried to, I think I'm pretty sure AdSense is turned off. I checked it a couple times. It seems like no ads are popping up. YouTube has made like the interface, they change it every couple days. So the AdSense interface is not quite as easy as it used to be. They literally used to be like a light switch, ads on, ads off. And now there's this whole cryptic check all these boxes to check the agreement, uncheck the agreement. So I don't know. I was afraid I was turning ads off my whole channel. I didn't know what was going to happen. But but, uh, besides that, oh, and then Hopefully tonight I'll finish up the video. I'm, uh, I'm working on a bar cart, which will hopefully be ready for Sunday. And then I'm also working on a little compact case with molded leather. And that's all done through the CNC machine. So just experimenting with making the parts on a CNC machine for a little leather compact case. So oh, that's nice. coming up. Hmm.
1: I, I think I saw a little teaser on Facebook.
2: Yeah, I was so happy. I was able to make the frame. Uh, the frame was sort of a little challenge for me. I made it yesterday and it didn't work out well. So overnight, sleeping on it, I literally was sleeping on it and I came up this morning with the concept of uh, the better way to do it. So I went in early, designed it in my software and was able to cut it out perfectly first shot. So cool, got me back on track.
1: So l- last week I skipped over Bob and interrupted him. <laughs> so he didn't get to say what he was working on. So I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again.
0: Gotcha. Well, I am. I put out a video yesterday of a sandbox and a planner combo that I made. It was, I actually made that a couple weeks ago. Uh, We had a a little raised sandbox in our backyard for our kids to play in, and it was just, you know, old and falling apart. So, made one, and the planner is raised up above the sandbox, and it's working out really well so far. We put a little water thing on the side of it so the kids can, you know, get buckets of water for the sandbox, and then we uh, have them. <clears throat> um, using that water to water the plants in the planter as well. So they're kind of invested trying to keep the sand out of it because they want to see the plants survive. That was kind of our way to <laughs> make that happen. But then the thing um, that I posted about on on uh, Instagram this morning was last night I stayed up and I, I've had this computer I wanted to get in the shop so that I could do my, the CNC work all in the shop and not have to like run back and forth between the office and the shop. And so I ended up making a really simple wooden, um, like a monitor arm. So the monitor is mounted on the wall, but it swings out and can pivot, you know, in almost 180 degrees. So you can kind of aim it wherever you want in the shop. So spent some, spent way too much time uh, last night thinking about how to do that. And then after, you know, an hour, I was like, oh, this is really actually like five minutes of work. So <laughs> I did that, and it works great. So um, that's why I'm not sure if it's worth putting out as a video, but people seem to want to see it. So I'll probably start on that Yes. today. I want to so. see it. Cool. Yeah, so that's what I'm working on.
2: Hey, Hey, uh, your backyard reminded me of my grandmother's house in Florida, your backyard with the sand. When I was a kid, I oh, always yeah. love to go to my grandma's house in Florida, and uh, I was always looking for lizards. Do you have lizards in your yard?
0: All over the place. All you over do, the right? Place.
2: Yeah, it's just like my grandmother yeah. with like the wrought iron thing holding the porch up
0: see
1: we don't have lizards where we live so when i'm down (laughs) south and you see them it's exciting but you don't sound too (laughs) excited about about your lizards
0: oh no, no i mean i think they're cool i'm just used to them you know but it's funny. I York, grew up to New York you see
2: roaches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
0: we have roaches too. Well, I mean, growing up in Kentucky, you know, we didn't have anything like that. So and I worked at a pet store for just a couple of days one time. And that was the coolest thing because there were these lizards. Like, oh man, I could like buy these lizards, you know, and have them as pets. And then down here, they're just like they creep in the windows and they're all over and they're cool and the kids love them and stuff. But you know, it's just not they're not hard to come by anymore. Yeah. And uh since since the weather's gotten so nice. Snakes are out, and so, like I, I see snakes in the yard all the like tiny little ones and lizards, and we have these gigantic cockroaches down here. Oh, man. Palmetto bugs is what they call them, and they're, <laughs> you know, a good two inches long kind of deal. And they're all over the place. So, yeah, the South has its own uh, wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> we just have ants.
2: Oh, you got in Ohio? Yeah, oh, we
1: have tons and tons of ants this year i don't know what the deal is but ants are everywhere They're in the house outside the house just everywhere
0: they're running away from all the lizards down here they're coming up north yeah that's probably that, that
2: reminds me did you guys ever see uh, i know so I'll, I'll introduce the topic in a second but did you ever see the guy who pours molten lead into anthills have you seen that
0: yes oh
2: yes yeah
0: yeah that if you haven't so cool. seen
2: that check that out check that i'll out. have to it's put amazing. a link
0: to that in the show notes it's pretty awesome <clears throat>
2: Um, so I'm gonna introduce the topic. we're gonna to talk today a little bit about how each one of us develops our own style and what led up to uh, our personal style either in videos or or in our handmade life and the things that we do for a living and the things we make and and uh, maybe even the things we wear mm. style is style I mean it all goes into it I think you know um the uh maybe if you guys want to talk about the cars we drive you know just like all together lifestyle is another you know, broader version of that whole topic. Um, uh, there was a time when I thought I was like, I thought I was like Euro trash and I had a Mercedes Benz and I used to always dress and I try to dress in nice clothes. And then the more I, you guys will probably laugh at this, but as I got older and older, uh, I found myself, you know, kind of being a tradesman, like moving air conditioners and carrying stuff and, and then i realized the mercedes was just a not only a waste of money because it's just so expensive to fix then i just started getting like a pickup truck and that's all and then from that on i just always had a pickup truck and so i basically became like a city farm boy and the things I do, the things I buy are all practical. So when I think in terms of like what's my personal style, it's practical. When I make things, I think of a practical approach. Um, you know, when I go buy clothes, I just buy practical clothes, you know, things I could that could be nice in air quotes and then that I could, you know, wear in the shop because I ruin everything I eventually wear. Um so just uh if I had to label my own personal style, I would just say basically practical. And that's really that really is the practical Practicality is really my approach to design. Just simple. I try to do simple, clean lines. You know, I follow some of these guys on Instagram that do these very elaborate, um, intricate carvings. Did you guys see this this video that's been going around of a guy who carves in wax this beautiful ornate mirror frame? No. And no. in the frame, actually, in the frame, he puts like a, a image of his artwork. It's three three. It's like a triptych. It's three circles. Somebody put it on my Facebook page, but. <clears throat> This guy just did incredible, like French Baroque styling. Like, well, like you would, it would all be golded, gilded, gilded gold. I see that and I, and I kind of wish I could do that, but I don't think I could do that. I just, it's just not me. You know, it's not, it's not in me to do that. It would be so labor intensive for me to try and do that. So I always just try and take a practical, clean line approach when it comes to making stuff. I don't know. I'm going to open it up to you guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think my, for me, it's, it's very, Most of my stuff is very utilitarian, you know, it's very get to the point, uh, function first, form second. While I appreciate both, I think the physical stuff that I make is always more based out of function. What were you going to say, David?
1: I was just going to say, I think my style all stems from music whether it's my video, oh, that's great. video style or my making style or or what I wear like I've just always been into music whether it was like late 80s like hair metal or 90s grunge or the 2000s like indie rock I, I my style has developed and all come out of that so it, it even I'm going to be 40 here soon but even at my age it still influences what I wear what I watch
2: uh, that's what funny I, and what i make it's really funny yeah i agree I, I agree i mean i forgot to I, I wasn't really aware of what i was talking about just a second ago and the idea that i have the same experience because if you see all my early guitars i made most of my guitars in the 90s they're all total heavy metal influence and you know i made a lot of skulls in my life i made a lot of you know a lot of my <laughs> knives and all that's all definitely heavy metal inspired and you know that whole you know like skull ring jewelry and all that kind of stuff that's definitely all from rock and roll it's funny i didn't even mm. I wasn't even aware of it till you just kind of highlighted that It's funny, but as I got older and the the things I started making for my clients, I love rustic stuff uh, for a practical reason because a because I actually really honestly I'm attracted to it, and b it's easier to make than you know super fine uh, easy to clean you know easy super clean woodwork and uh yeah. you know a lot of it's sort of the style now a lot of people want rustic and you know you could charge a lot of money for the same thing that would be you know all dovetails and and fine joinery but or you could just make a steel frame and put old wood in it and you can get the same amount of money because that's what people like so that that whole farm farmhouse aesthetic and you know country aesthetic is another part of my my existence and and like I said I'm personally attracted to it cuz we're constantly styling the house you know that house in that video we we've rented so every week we have renters there and that's why I have to keep the lawn up and make sure the inside of the house is well kept and I also like to try and keep it interesting so you know as far as aesthetic goes I'm always looking for antique old rust you know it's another element that I'm always looking for is rusty things I love like I I tweeted a picture of this old car I just bought I said it's my new favorite rusty object I bought a 1972 Chevy C10 that I'm going to use for a project and it's completely rusty. Like there's parts of it you could just poke your finger right through it. And and I love it for that. <laughs> when I saw it, I got out of the car and I walked up to it. And I was like, couldn't stop smiling. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I wish there was a camera on me right now. I was just walking all around and smiling. And the guy comes <laughs> the guy I bought the car from, he comes out And uh, he lights a cigarette and he's just looking at me like, he's he's like, you like it? I go, I love it. (laughs) And he was was like, I wasn't even like, I wasn't a tire kicker or anything. I just, I just kept taking pictures of the surface of the car. He's like, what's wrong with you? What are you going (laughs) to do with this thing? (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. I said, I go, I'm not going to actually really use it as a car. And he laughed. He goes, what are you going to make it into a flower pot? I said, kind of. I said, I'm going to use the back as a flower pot and maybe use the front as a lawn ornament. I'm not sure. (laughs) Nice. So, So I mean, yeah.
1: We all I think what makes this podcast work is we all have different styles in the way we approach everything in our lives. So my question for you guys, how important is being unique to
0: your style? Hmm. Well, I let me let me back up. I'll get to that. Okay. Um so and and because it kind of plays into that. <clears throat> I realized a while a couple years ago, several years ago, Growing up, I never had a specific style, and I would always move from thing to thing based on like what was in my head. you know, like um, you know there was one point when a certain type of clothing was popular, and I really liked the way something looked. and so I would try to kind of rearrange my whole look and my whole aesthetic and everything toward that style. And then at some point, pretty soon after that, there would be another thing, and I would think, oh, I actually, I think I'm a little more of that. And I would move that direction. And, you know, which is pretty stupid when you're a kid and you don't actually have money to buy your own clothes, and you think that you have to like rearrange, you know, your wardrobe or your whatever to be a certain thing. And so I I bounced around growing up between a lot of those things as my interests would shift. <clears throat> and then in college, I realized that. I figured that out and then I realized that white t shirts and brown pants or jeans were the medium of everything else that I liked. They were the very center point of skate clothes and they were the center point of rock clothes and they were the center point of, you know, whatever these styles were that were out there, a white t shirt or a single color t shirt and jeans was like right in the middle and it would never go out of style. Just like the medium.
1: Jimmy standing up, showing off his white T-shirt and blue jeans, which yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> so.
0: Camo hat, and yeah, and a camo hat. But even the camo that has a specific, you know, like a, a an angle to it. And anyway, I totally. figured out at some point that you know that that there were like these kind of mediums that would always work. And so I went through most of college. Um. Like being like, okay, I finally found my thing. That's it's the medium of all the stuff that I like. And so here's my personal style. It's developed in a very like uh, gray, blue, you know, solid color. There's just the stuff I kind of settled into. And so I figured that out a long time ago. But then I realized as I started doing more hands on stuff and making stuff that that same idea of liking all these different varied extreme things on occasion was me, but everything always came back to this medium. And so that's kind of part of how I like to make stuff was actually made because I found that I had a center point that I could reach out and make this extreme, you know, choice over here, this this certain type of very specific thing right here one time, and then I could be done with it and I could come back to the medium, come back to the center. And so that idea has, um, you know, informed both my personal style and the style that I use for the things that I make and the videos that I make um, what was your original question well, how important is being unique to your style unique yeah so to me the uniqueness is is not overall unique for this is like for, for me personally I don't think I'm unique as my medium as that like center point but I, I get the chance to go out and do these unique things in one direction and you know like um make a certain thing that's very unique and very out in a particular direction for a little while and then i can come back and i can go back to woodwork or i can go back to whatever that's a little more you know common um so for me it's not really important to be unique it's an opportunity that i take advantage of sometimes hmm. does that make I sense yeah <clears throat> absolutely i try can very I take a... oh go ahead go ahead jimmy
2: Oh yeah, no. Because you go and then I'll go.
1: I was gonna say I try to very hard to be unique, but it's that's really hard. With there's thousands and thousands of people making YouTube videos, right? Um, and I think the uniqueness comes from actually copying styles until you develop your own. So if mm-hmm. you find an artist or whatever, if you what I think a lot of times what happens is if you try to copy that artist exactly you'll notice that that's a little hard to do and your own
2: style will develop out of that. So. Yeah, so I was going to say basically the same thing. It's important for me to try and be different just because I'm a little bit of an egomaniac and that's some of my so. comments say that. I but, like that um, about you. No, oh, thank you. I, no, honestly, I just try and stand out because I noticed I've been in and around friends that are a little shy. And I talked about James Victoria's uh, his uh, uh, YouTube channel last week. And he talks a little bit about being, you know, open and, and out in front. And so I always, whenever I'm working on a video or when I'm going to make a presentation, I always try and have one little sort of like left turn in it just so people will remember that little dumb thing. And uh, like, for instance, I'm making this bar cart and it's not completely brand new, but uh, one of the elements of the bar cart is a, is an S wrench. And I cut the S wrench in half and I have basically the same exact shape on both sides. So that becomes the handrail for the bar cart, the yeah. push handrail. And uh when I I was like I needed that one thing. I need because I couldn't find like I wasn't just gonna just I, I didn't want to just weld like a, a handle on it, a push handle. I wanted something interesting to hold that that handle. And you know I have a million wrenches around the shop. So I was like, let me try and do that. So I found this S wrench in the drawer. And uh I was like, oh let me do that. You know, so little things like that, Like guess that's not altogether 100% original, but little things like that, like, you know, the willingness to cut up a wrench. And, you know, the, I got over this a long time ago, but it seems to get people excited. The idea of wearing, you know, a $4,000 watch in the shop every day, which I didn't pay for, so I don't care. <laughs> um, you know, that type of stuff makes you stand out a little bit. It makes people say, oh, the guy that's wearing the watch in the videos, you know, and the reason I continue to wear the same watch is because just most often people see my hands. They don't always see my face. So, you know, so it's just one little thing that identifies who, who this video is from. And, you know, the fact that my name is in every single shot and that, that just came from when someone stole a video once and they clipped the credits off it. And that annoyed me. I'm like, so from now on, if anybody steals even just a piece of a video for something else, it'll be, it'll be branded. And that's the main reason for that nowadays. But, um, I'm always looking for that one thing that's going to make me stand out. And, uh, uh, I always use this as an example when I was a student i I learned this from one of my teachers in fact she 's you know basically said always your presentation is really important and I, I might have said this on the show before i don 't know but it's it 's an applicable example right now. I remember there was a time when uh, we had a we had a show. Every time we showed work in class, we all went up to the wall and stuck it on the wall, either with push pins or with tape. And I knew from the ritual of doing that, that everyone's always scavenging for a piece of tape. Or sca- This is like in a graphic design class. So I made my presentation board have thumbtacks glued to the back. So when I walked up, I literally just stuck it on the wall and sat back down. And everybody in the class is still at the wall looking for a piece of tape. And the teacher saw me walk up, slap it on the wall and sit back down. And she like talked about me for 10 minutes. This was, you know, 1985. She's like, That's a great presentation. And I said, I learned it from you, you know, so thank you. But the idea of being able to kind of, and so she talked for 10 minutes about how I put the work up and not about the work and that Mm. she thought it was cool. So there's little things like, so like that little moment in time stuck with me. I mean, I wasn't really as conscious about it at the moment as I am now. So, like, that little lesson I learned was okay, if I'm going to go into a meeting with a group of people, how can I be the one that they remember? How, you know, Every time I've been in class, I always sat directly in front of the teacher. And that only stemmed out of me not being able to hear very well. But then it just basically became, I want to engage. I'm here to pay for this class. I want to engage most importantly with this person. So I always sat right in front. So uh, when, I, when I talk about my personal style and, and trying to be unique, I definitely strive to, to stand out from the pack and you know initially i didn't talk in any of my videos and that really just came out of the idea of not wanting to edit sound but then that becomes so that has become my trademark at least you know initially now it's kind of getting watered down which is totally fine i mean i didn't own the idea of being silent movie you know silent movie came before me and fast movies came before me too so i just put them all together and just packaged 100 of them in a row and then it becomes yours you
0: know yeah so as far as uniqueness too there was a so I asked people on on Twitter the other day for some of my show ideas. And one of the things um I think could be its own whole topic, but it's relevant here to what we're talking about. And uh he said, uh, I think it was Colby. I'm not exactly sure, but he said how to feel how to not feel like a copycat and get discouraged on YouTube. And so mm-hmm. you were talking about being unique. Um I've thought about that a lot, and we may have talked about this before, if so, just stop me. But you know, there have been a few things that I wanted to make that somebody else made. And, um, you know, I, I ended up not making the same video or not making the same project because I was worried about it being the same video. And when I mentioned that to people, um, a lot of people, their response was, it doesn't matter if you're doing the same thing. I like the way you explain whatever versus the way someone else would explain it. And so I think, you know, it's easy for us to like, when we think about how important unique uniqueness is. It's easy for us to look at the project and think, you know, is it important for the project to be unique? And we we use that as the value point for like, you know, whether we should do the project. But what we should probably look at is <clears throat> how is my presentation of that project going to be unique?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not the first person to make a bed. I'm not the first person to make a sandbox, but if I can no. find a way to personally talk about it, present or teach something that is unique about that process, you know. Um, then, then it has value. It will have value to somebody. So, to whoever asked, whoever mentioned that, um, you know, think less about your the product, the project, and think more about you being the unique thing, not the thing that you're making. It, that's not the that's that that a really teaching.
2: good point. That's a great point because you know everybody has their own audience, and you know everybody's got their own loyal followers you know i have people that watch yeah. me and like me and all of us you know we seem to have a lot of the same audience but there are people that tell me about things and i never saw it and i go and see it and you know there's somebody doing the same thing as five other people but because it's their own unique approach to it i sit and i watch and i'm curious so yeah. you know each channel you know if you talk you know in the co- in the context of youtube channels I, I agree don't be afraid to make something that somebody else made just bring your own attitude style and honesty to it and it will definitely stand above I mean, the good example of that is, is, is my pal, David Welder, who he, he stalled on his video startup because he kept saying, ah, it's going to look like yours. It's going to look like yours. I said, you know what? It probably will for a little while and, you know, until you develop. And he's slowly starting to develop a couple of very, like, key shots uh, that I said, you know, these couple of little elements he does in a few of his videos, I go, that, you know, these little elements are now going to be yours if you keep using them. And uh, he's he brings a sense of humor to his stuff, which is really, uh, you know, something that I don't. Do as you know as well as him, and uh, you know he's willing to talk here and there just to get a, to make a funny, and so he's totally developing his own style. And the last video he did, which was incredible, was this flat thing that we did for this appearance at BookCon, and uh, I was blown away by the video. I thought he did a really good job. He shot this whole video while I was away. He he just he texted me. He goes, "Hey, if I'm going to make this, can I videotape it?" I was like, "Sure," and he did a great job with it. So you just got to keep doing it and you know you develop your own style. Yeah.
0: And I think that applies outside of YouTube. I mean, you know, again, I've said this before, it's easy for us to only for the three of us to talk about YouTube because that's where mm-hmm. we are. And a lot of the people listening are not doing this uh, from a video production, but they are probably making right. something, you know. And Oh, for sure. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you're making a wine rack out of a pallet like everybody else in the world has done at some point. That's okay, you know, because you are gonna make different cuts than I'm gonna make and then Jimmy's gonna make. And just because you're a different person, the output will be different somehow. So it's yeah, true. I think even if Whole you're making stuff to, like, to sell at a even if you're making stuff to sell at a craft show, you know, just continue to do it and you will come through in that thing that you're trying to to make, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think like uh handmade is 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 like a signature. It's like handwriting, everybody who makes the same? If we the four of us made the same thing, the three of us or the five of us or whoever made the same thing, they would all be different, and the approach would definitely be different.
0: Which would be a really interesting uh, experiment. Maybe we should do that. The three of us should all independently make the same thing, and then yeah. uh, Ooh. you know, chessboard. See how Remember
2: what we're going to do a chessboard? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. We <laughs> might do that. <laughs> hmm. cool. Or well, or, back to the uh, style
0: thing. Chopstick.
2: Remember our chopstick project. <laughs> talk that's about that another time.
1: Did we did yeah, we, we talk, we'll talk about that ahead on air or off air No, that was that off was, air. That, was that was off, off air. All
0: right. So <laughs> these that, are that'll be a teaser. Yes. Chopsticks. Chopsticks. <laughs> um yeah, so back to back to the style thing. Um so outside of like personal style, what about video style? Um we mm-hmm. talked a little bit before we started recording about like some of the the stuff about us that's kind of shaped some of our, the way we do videos, David, you want to talk about that? What you were saying?
1: Sure. Um, I, as far as video style, I'm still trying to develop mine. I, I go back and forth and play around with different things. It's something I'm kind of struggling with. Like, I think I have my own style, but I'm not quite happy with it yet. Maybe I'll never be happy. I don't
0: know. Well, we talked about the editing style and, and like, you know, the differences between the three of us and, and how we edit, why we edit.
1: I refuse to do the fast video now because that's what that's what Jimmy does, right? And I don't want to be a copy of Jimmy. So because of that, <laughs> it's, it, I, I, know, I know that it's okay. And I know that you didn't come up with that style, but you are now known for that. And we do a podcast together. And so if I did that, people are going to say, oh, look, David's doing what Jimmy's doing. So
0: because of that. But I am... can, I, can I interrupt there, though? Go ahead. Let me interrupt. Because I do that. Yes. And I also do a podcast with you two. And no <laughs> one has ever said to me that I was ripping off his style. Even though I did, okay. I will perfectly, you know, I'll perfectly honestly admit <laughs> that when I first got started, I was like, oh, I love his videos, but I want to talk over them. You know. OK. So go back. So, go th- you're, so maybe nobody will ever say
1: anything if I actually did do that but I always play these little mental games and I give myself these limitations. And I think creativity comes out of limiting myself. So um, now I try to tell the story without doing any fast edits. And so that causes you to do other types of edits, shorter edits, uh, different camera angles or whatever to tell the story. And I think that's where a lot of uniqueness can come from. If you limit yourself.
2: Yeah, give yourself certain parameters. It's like Mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, creativity that comes out of using one or two tools is very similar. Yeah, the, um, as far as video styles go, I, for the very first time, I put out a a video with a a song just the other day, me mowing the lawn. And like I said, it's not monetized or anything.
0: Just, I noticed I that as trouble. soon as I heard it, I was like, "I was like, whoa, there's music. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, because I just wanted to make – because there wasn't really – I just
2: wanted to keep this this particular video as entertaining as possible. I actually cut it together and there was no music on it because it's a time lapse. And I was like, Or oh, I put a couple of like sound beds under it of just like ambient noise. And then I went through all the final cut sound boxes to see if I could find something that worked. And nothing seemed to work. And I was like, you know what? I know this Chet Baker uh, B-flat is the name of the song would work. And I found it and I put it under it and it worked. And so – Uh, I just hope they don't turn it off on me. But beside that, I I always used to edit with music. But then when they, they, you know, the the licensing right difficulty, I just left it out completely just to avoid any hassles. And um, I always thought that I would make my own sort of soundtrack with like just tapping like wrenches on top of the steel table or some kind of stupid just beat, like a kind of African-inspired beat. And I haven't done that yet, but one of these days I will. But um, I recently kind of started going back to my original – like I've been making a couple of videos and I noticed I'm like wow that's kind of like I did it when I very first started doing it. So I'm kind of kind of going back a little bit, you know, just being just sh- sh- completely straightforward, showing exactly what happens. You know, I, I get a little trickery here and there and um but uh oh and by the way, my new style is everyone's going to say I'm knocking off uh, David Welder because <laughs> I just got the same exact camera as David Welder. Thank you mm-hmm. David Patuto. I bought David Patuto's rig the nikon 7100 and uh... this video that i'm that I talked about making the leather compact case is all shot with the 7100 with the with the soft focus lens so everything's gonna be like selective focus as the cnc's going around I'm kind of pulling focus on the head of the thing Nice. so nice it's gonna it's gonna definitely be more along the lines of what david's been doing because david had that camera for so long david welder so uh... i'm looking forward to putting that video out hopefully i can get that cut up tonight and it'll go on make channel you'll be able to see it by the time this this airs um, so, I like the practicality of just showing simple things, um, but now that I have this new rig, the styling is going to be a little bit more like like Vimeo style. I always joke, like I always <laughs> think like anything, anytime somebody sends me from Vimeo, I'm like, it isn't going to upload, it's going to be overly flashy, it's going to be too mushy, it's going to be soft focus everywhere, and I'm not going to be, I'm going to be annoyed before I'm entertained or educated. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> Am I wrong? Anytime someone sends me a link from Vimeo, it's some over flashy. It's like guys in a wood shop, but produced by a, a film crew. they usually like very like well yeah.
1: Slow motion dust that's catching the light just perfect.
2: Uh, it's like it yeah. makes me want to vomit. It's always exactly the same. So, And you know, like the practical stuff that we shoot is stuff that we shoot because we make stuff. But when you see a Vimeo, and I keep saying because Vimeo is like always the stuff that doesn't download on your phone. You can't watch it. You never watch it. And you have dust flying in the opening credits. When you see dust flying in the opening (laughs) credits, you know it's going to be some schmaltzy overdone thing. And all the good elements are going to be edited out. Like somebody sent me something about a guy who hand carves guns. And all I wanted to see was the chisel pushing through the metal. And it's the one thing they didn't show. The guy talked about how he grew up with guns. And like, I don't care about any of that. I want to see the metal pushing through the knife. They didn't show any of that. They showed the... Hmm. Obligatory shot of the dust in the light of the camera and the soft focus in the background, and the voiceover and the slow pan. It's like Vimeo should just like erase all the videos and start over.
0: (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) That's funny.
1: There's there's no need to keep opinions to yourself on this show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just let it out, man. Let it out.
2: out, You know. No, I'm just I'm kind of half joking, but I do honestly believe every time someone sends me a link to a Vimeo thing. First, when I see Vimeo, I'm like, okay, it's never going to open because it's 65,000 pounds of, of data that's not going to open on a phone or a computer unless you're actually connected to the building where the internet comes from. You, you
1: realize data does not have actual weight, correct? It doesn't? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I I'm going to repeat myself, but you, you heard my opinion of Vimeo Woodward. <laughs> I, I love, I love, I love subjects. I love the subjects and the subjects make me thrive for good shots of exactly what's happening. It's what you never see. You see like the light in the background and you see the grass and the flowers.
0: You never see what they're actually doing. Well, that's an interesting uh, thing to notice though is because you know, the people that are making that type of video are filmmakers and they're, right. they're focused on the film. We're makers and we're focused on the project that we're actually doing and figuring out how to trick, convey that they're working on how to convey the story of the person who's doing something you know right. we should probably That's have right. to go I mean, back we'll probably have to go back and make another episode about how we um make our videos because you just got a new rig i've gotten a new camera and new lights and a new microphone and all this stuff in the last month or so and so um, a yeah so all, th- all three of us have new cameras yeah yeah so mm-hmm. that one's out of date so pretty soon after we get used to our new equipment we'll have to Go back and because people actually ask about that a lot um, about you know what we have and what we do uh, what we use it for and stuff so maybe we'll come back to that in the future.
1: I've been saying for at least a year now that I'm going to do a video on my setup because people could ask yeah. about it all the time. I'm like, oh, hang out, hang out for a little bit. I'll, I'll have a video out in a couple of weeks or a blog post, and I never do because it's I guess it's it's just not as interesting to me. As maybe to to other people, and I try not to put too much f- focus on the equipment because you can you can make a great video with with your smartphone, yeah. right? So yeah, but but also I'm a, yeah. I'm a technology nerd. I love that stuff. So
2: that's funny. I got your package, David. Thank you for for giving me that camera. You sold mm-hmm. it to me, so I, I appreciate that. It Really, it was exactly what I wanted. I wanted just like a bag with camera equipment in it. I didn't want to have to. <laughs> go through a receipt or anything I opened it up and I said to welder I go how do I turn this on he goes you go like this you go like this and I put it on the tripod I immediately started using it for the video I just began at that moment so awesome it was nice. I, so I like I mean I used you gave me an eight megabyte card I used, to, I used that card up and then I had to go put another card in so it was uh, and I <laughs> an found the stickers it was an today. eight pound card <laughs> yeah eight pounds. I had to put 64, <laughs> a 64 64 pound card I had to put in <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> But I found the stickers today. Thank you. You you gave me stickers. Oh yeah, they were stickers. they were
1: hidden you know in there. Yeah. I found them. Thank yeah. You. Nice.
2: That's fun. Yeah, I, I was well, gonna, I'm um, thinking anybody- about getting a 128-pound card. That's
0: expensive. <laughs> 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 that's probably a joke that'll stick around for a little while. I love it. I hope yeah. anyway. Um so <laughs> unless anybody else has any other style topics, that's probably a good place to wrap up. Anybody got anything else you want to talk about?
2: No, no, I, I just I think, think no. you know, if you're shooting videos, just show just show what you're doing. Don't show the, the sawdust and the light <laughs> coming through the window. <laughs> I,
1: I think it's important. Um, and we've talked about this in the inspiration episode, but inspiration is a direct influence on style. And just allow yourself to be inspired by, if you're a woodworker, allow yourself to be inspired by architecture because that plays into your woodworking, mm-hmm. which then influences your style. So just when you're not in the shop, just be open to these things. And that's definitely going to help and influence you along the way.
0: And, Mm -hmm. and also, I mean, kind of with that, you know, as you're inspired more and you're influenced more by the stuff around you, be okay with your style, personal or video or whatever changing, because the more influence you get from the outside, I mean, you should evolve your style, you know? Um, So I know that there are some other video creators who are very worried about, expanding what they do in, a, in video format because they're worried about alienating their audience who came to them for a certain thing. And um, I would, I mean, to me, that means you have a, a <clears throat> if that's an actual worry, that means your audience is probably closed-minded, not that you're doing anything wrong. Now, I think more often than not, an audience likes a person more than they like a video, and they're going to probably, for the most part, stick with you no matter you know where you try to go. So all that to say, don't worry about like changing your style and growing it and, you know, do some things that don't work. And that's all right. You know, but so mow the lawn, mow the lawn, mow the lawn.
2: (laughs) Yes, that's Matthias. fault, not mine. (laughs) You know, Jimmy,
1: you can't blame other people for your problems. That's right. Because <laughs> yeah. when you do that, you you take the opportunity to fix those problems out of your hands, and you put that in somebody else's hands. So, uh, I want you to apologize to Matthias right now.
2: He knows I love him. <laughs> I wrote that to him. I said, in a comment, I, I put a link to my video. I said, "This is your fault," but you know I still love you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it's funny. funny. Cool. Well, so. um, before we go, let's uh, we're going to try out something new. What are we all watching? Everybody name something new that you've seen lately that you want to share with like the people listening so we can you know pass around some new stuff. David? I am really digging
1: the Crazy Russian Hacker. I don't get to show his stuff on the weekly wrap-up because it doesn't fit into that, but I absolutely love that channel. There's just some ridiculous hacks in there. I've, I've learned some things, and he is an entertainer. So it's Crazy Russian Hacker on YouTube
2: um i've been watching the last couple of days and i got to be friendly with his team he's not much of a an internet guy but uh tips from a shipwright he's he has his friends that actually produces videos and it's this old guy lou and he's got a complicated last name i think it's french it's s-a-u-z-e-d-d-l it's like zool Zul. i don't know lou zool um he's a very very practical straightforward woodworker boat builder his whole life and he's got literally a lifetime of tips and every one of his videos is like a segment of a giant build and he'll like highlight how to laminate wood with epoxy or how to how to get a screw or out of the wood or or how to replace and he what i love about him is he does a lot of non-traditional stuff as well like uh you know the way the way i get uh People beat up on me because I do something that's not traditional. He does quite a bit of that. He'll he'll like do boat ribs out of plastic and stuff. So, you know, that's in the world of boat building, you don't mess with tradition. But he kind of bucks the system, which is very cool because that's how you get innovation. So, and and then also one more guy who deserves more than anybody uh, a lot of uh, promotion is, is Brian McAllister, who's a, a, f- a fantastic woodworker. BMC Woodwork on Instagram and uh, learning woodworking on YouTube. He's a, a fantastic woodwork.
0: woodworker. I think, I
2: think it's Learn Woodwork on YouTube. Okay, yeah, either one. But his name his name is Brian <laughs> McAllister, and uh, he's a super generous, kind, amazing woodworker. So, yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's yeah he I definitely is. I've, I've been watching him on Instagram for a long time, and he's he's very very talented and very generous with his knowledge. Um, so for me, I have always been a fan of Destin from Smarter Every Day, and um, he just has some really awesome. It's all science videos. He's an engineer, aerospace, I think he's aerospace, I don't know. He's an engineer, really smart dude. Really nice guy too, Um, but his videos are always just really awesome. He put out one today I haven't watched yet, but it's a collaboration with uh, Veritasium, which is another science channel, Mm -hmm. and they put out Mm -hmm. videos at the same time. They're in different hemispheres right now, and they both synchronized videos about toilets flushing in opposite directions.
2: And so you can Uh, watch the
0: two videos next to each other and they, you know, they, it shows them going in the opposite direction. So I'm looking forward to watching that, but everybody should definitely check out Destin's stuff. Cool. So where can we find out about everybody here, David? Uh, Can I
1: promote something? Is it okay if I promote something real quick? All right. So uh, if you go to my website, drunkenwoodworker.com. Uh, on the homepage, there'll be a link to submit a picture of a bandsaw box that you have made. So I have a book oh. coming out later on this year, and the publishers came out with a great idea to allow users to submit photos of their bandsaw boxes to be put in the book. So if you go to my website and you make bandsaw boxes, please fill out the form, and you could get published in what's going to be a nationally distributed book. So drunkenwoodworker.com. That's awesome. Ooh. Thank you.
2: I think I might make one. I have a really interesting idea based on what we just talked about.
1: Please, please do.
0: You got till June 21st to do so.
2: Okay, cool. Nice. Right
0: down. That's awesome. It might give me an excuse to do one too, but yeah. I probably won't.
2: <laughs> um, um, you can buy my swag at uh, jimmydaresta.com and I'm also going to promote David Welder's channel. Check out David Welder's channel. He's really kicking ass. And uh, David is editing right now just because we had a time crunch since I've been away. David's editing the tips video, the next tips video right now in the shop so the next edit on tips number eight is going to be glues and epoxy. That's mm. going to be an edit by David Welder on my channel. Coming out hopefully tomorrow, maybe Friday. Thank you.
0: Awesome. All my stuff is at stuff.com. I feel like I had something else to promote, but I don't know what it is. So, oh, well. You do a podcast. Hey, I do a podcast with these two guys. It's called Making It. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you do another podcast. I I do another podcast called Brain Pick But I haven't done a a new episode in a little while Um, That should be coming back at some point But um, Yeah, I want to thank Our awesome people At uh, Patreon, Patreon supporters Luis Gonzalez and Rick Rhodes Especially for being huge supporters But everybody at Patreon, you guys are awesome And we are really grateful for you And for your support of the show Um, Also want to thank Inventables For sponsoring this episode You guys are also awesome And I guess that's it for this week. We'll see you guys next time. That was fun. Thank you.